so glad that you've chosen to worship our risen Savior this morning. Because we need Christ in this place. How we truly believe is that we get to encounter that risen Christ and worship Him. Uh, so thank you so much for being here. We are wrapping up our sermon series on the Lord's Prayer. And so two weeks ago, we talked about how God is our Father who is also a holy. And that it's important to remember both of these natures when we talk about God. That God desires a relationship with us as intimate as a father to his child. And even though that not all of us have perfect relationships with our, our earthly father, our heavenly father is perfect. And we can have that perfect relationship with him. And then we also talked about how but that God is also holy and other and more than this world. But that's a good thing. Because the second week, we talked about how as when we pray and we talk to God, that we're supposed to focus first on God and on God's kingdom and on God's will, but that God does care about our needs. Because God is bigger than this world, God is big enough to handle our physical and our spiritual and our relational needs, and also our past and our present and our future. And this week, we are focusing on a line that we kind of skipped over, and that is, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I think this is one of the most radical, challenging verses of Scripture. Because we are literally telling God that we want God's will to be done not only in our life, but we want earth to be like heaven. We want where God is, which is heaven, to invade our spheres, our home, our life, our work, every person that we meet the light of God to shine through us, for heaven to shine through us and invade earth. That will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm going to read the scripture again. I'm going to read out of the CEB. We just said the traditional version that most of us are familiar with from having said it either, maybe some people say it daily in their prayers, but we say it every single week here at Rockbridge. And I hope as we have explored this prayer together, it has more meaning to you and you have more understanding of why this prayer, even though it's only 57 words, that it is so incredibly important. So starting in verse Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Pray like this. Our Father who is in heaven, uphold the holiness of your name. Bring in your kingdom so that your will is done on earth as it is done in heaven. Give us the bread we need for today. Forgive us for the ways we have wronged you, just as we also forgive those who have wronged us. And don't lead us into temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So we're talking about how God, that we pray, thy kingdom come, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and that God cares about this reality, that God is the kind of God that gets his hands dirty and asks us as followers of Jesus to get our hands in the dirt of the earth and to love people and love our neighbors and to make earth more like heaven. One of the issues with the way we present Christianity today is we have made it almost more like insurance, that if you pray this prayer, and you accept Jesus, you don't get to go to the bad place, hell, but you get to go to the good place, heaven, and be with God. And, and there's nothing that's not wrong with that. There's, that's true, that if we follow Christ, we get to go and be with him for eternity, but that is not the sum total of what God and Christ is about, and that's not the sum total of what our faith as followers of Jesus is about. We actually want 
to participate in what God is doing. God cares about the material. God cares about the physical. God made this creation, and God said it was very good. The creation has not messed up. It's us, the humans, who have made the bad choices and not followed God. In fact, when Jesus announces in Luke his ministry, he quotes Isaiah, and this is what he says. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to preach the good news to the poor, proclaim release to the prisoners, and recovery of sight to the blind, and liberate the oppressed, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I don't see anything in there about God came to save people's souls to go to heaven. And again, don't misunderstand me. God wants to save our souls. Jesus came into this world to forgive our sins so we'd no longer be enslaved to those sins so that we can spend eternity with Christ. But Christ's mission is more than that. It's more than that. It's physical. It's here. It's, it's material. God wants us to participate in it and to make heaven or earth like heaven. Just yesterday, this, this was brought really into focus for me. Uh, my daughter Sophie wanted a little friend to play with, and so she, she's been having a hard time because it's summer, so she goes all around the neighborhood trying to see this friend or that friend, and they're at camp or they're traveling or whatnot, and so she goes from house to house and just sort of keeps knocking on doors until she finds someone to play with her. And she went down to this one little friend's house, and uh, Michelle related this story to me, and the mom was amazed because her daughter Rose had just prayed had just prayed that she would have a friend to play with. Now, you can assume that that's coincidence, and that, that's up to you, but I don't believe in coincidence. I believe that God is active and part of our world, and that God would care about a small girl's desire to have a friend to play with, and, and, would, and would work things to make that happen. God cares about this world and, and what's going on now. It's not just simply about getting our heaven insurance so that we can leave this world and be with God. God wants us to be active in bringing heaven to earth. And so to, to really understand this and fully understand that, we're going we're gonna to kind of go the whole sweep of Scripture this morning. We're going to start in Genesis, and we're going to end up in Revelation. And I, and I hope that you can follow it, because I think this is an incredibly important understanding of what is going on. So starting in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 11, if you don't have a Bible, I want to invite you to bring your Bible to worship. Uh, yeah, we have the words on the screen, and, you know, you can get it on your phone. But if you need a physical Bible, you're a person of the book, we have uh, Bibles out in our living room, just right to the right. And we'd love for you to take it home, read it at work, read it at school, get caught reading your scripture and, and growing your relationship to God. But Genesis chapter 1, verse 11 says, Let the earth, God said, let the earth grow plant life. Plants yielding seeds and fruit trees bearing fruit within each according to its kind throughout the earth. And that is what has happened. The word that, the Hebrew word here, when it says let earth produce fruit, is the word to sprout. And so what God is inviting creation to do is to create on its own. So it's not as if God is some sort of man behind the machine cranking it to make it happen. God creates and then invites creation to join in that process. That's amazing. It's participatory. When God creates, God invites creation to participate in that. And then we look in, in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. This is what, after God creates human, this is what God says. Then God said, let us make humanity in our own image to resemble us so that they may take charge of the fish 
and of the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock and all the earth and all that is crawling, the crawling things on earth. And then in verse 28, God blessed them and said to them, be fertile and multiply, fill the earth and master it. Take charge of the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and everything crawling on the ground. So there's two words there. We are called to rule and subdue creation. And now, of course, in God's understanding, to rule and subdue is not to exploit, as we might understand, but to serve. As Jesus says, to lead is to serve. So as humans, God gave us a purpose. And just like all of creation is participating in this, humans have a very specific purpose, and that is to be stewards of what God has made, to rule it, to subdue it, to be a part of it. And that is why humans were created. That is our purpose. That is who we are, except we made mistakes, right? And we all realize that, that humans chose not to follow God. And rather than worshiping God who was more than our world, we worship what was in our world and what was material and what we wanted and what we desired. And we made that our priority rather than our God-created purpose to rule and subdue. And so we fell. But what's amazing is God did not leave humanity in that fallen state. First through the, the people of Israel and through Christ, God started a plan of redemption to bring us back to Christ back to God and he sent his son into this world so that we could know God and we could love God and we could experience God so that we could experience a renewed life a reconciled life God cares about our physicality and then if you flip to the back of the book to Revelation chapter 21 this is what the end of all things looks like starting with verse 1 then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the former heaven and the former earth had passed away. And the sea was no more. I saw a holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, made ready as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice for the throne saying, Look, God is dwelling here with humankind. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more, and there will be no more mourning no more crying or pain, for the former things have passed away. So when we are just simply waiting for our chance to go to heaven, to leave this world, to escape, we are completely missing out on the opportunity to see heaven come to earth, to see heaven come to be a part of our reality. Not only is that the future reality that we look forward to, but when we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, we can experience heaven today. Not just some point down the road. You know, we talk about a heavenly banquet that we get to feast at someday. What's amazing about God is that Jesus came to bring life and bring it abundantly, and we get fed of that banquet every single day. I have a slide. Can you go forward to the slide where it shows Genesis 1 and Genesis 3? So if our story of faith begins in Genesis chapter 3, where the fall is, and we focus on sin first, then this is what happens. The goal of creation is getting rid of sin. But if we focus on chapter 1, the goal is the restoration of shalom. When God designed our world, everything was in order, but sin took it out of order. So our job is to participate in God in producing that peace, the restoration of shalom. In Genesis 3, if we start there, his story tells us who we are not, that we are sinners. And that's where you may have heard talk about people as lowly and not deserving of God's love. 
Well, if you start with Genesis chapter 1, it tells who we are. That we are made in the image of God. There could be no greater compliment. And that when God saw creation, he said it was very good. If the story begins in chapter 3, then we tell people that they're sinners. But if we start in chapter 1, we help God restore creation to what it should be. We participate in what God is doing to renew and reconcile the world. If we start in chapter 1, the impulse is evacuation. If we start in chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 3, if we start in chapter 1, it's participatory mission. The story of the Bible is about God looking for partners. In Acts chapter 3, Peter tells us that Jesus is about the renewal of all things. In Colossians chapter 1, we hear that Jesus is about the reconciliation of all things. And so what God is looking for is partners. There's another reason we use the word partner and not member when we talk about joining the church. Christ is looking for partners in what God is doing. Now, God doesn't need us. God could do this work without us. But for some reason, God has chosen you. God has chosen you. God has chosen me to partner in what God is doing in this world. God has chosen us to be partners of what God is doing in this world. That is what it means when we pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. One of my favorite metaphors for for what God is doing in this life and what we're called to is the idea of being citizens of heaven. So in Philippians, Paul is talking to the, the, the church at Philippi, and he says that they are citizens of heaven. And on first look, this kind of implies, if, if we were to use our understanding today, that a citizen of heaven is someone who's just looking forward to going back or going to where God is to heaven. Because that's what we look at as citizens. If we are citizens of America and we're traveling abroad, we're just looking back to get to America. But that's not how Paul means this. He's talking to a colony of Rome, and he's telling them, that since you understand what a colony is and you're a citizen of Rome, that you're trying to bring Rome and the Roman way of doing things to this world. And so when Paul says we are citizens of heaven, we are trying to bring heaven to earth. We're trying to make little colonies of heaven. Little colonies of heaven everywhere we go. So I don't know where that is for you, where you are in your life. If you're a student, maybe you're supposed to try to create a a colony of heaven at school. And I know that can be difficult with all the rules and everything. Or if you're a teacher, you're creating a a colony of heaven with your life. If you're at work and you're in business, you're supposed to create a little colony of heaven by bringing God's good and perfect will in your life and through you to shine through you. Whatever you do, whatever social circle you have, whatever business circle you have, we are called to let heaven come to earth. That's a heavy calling. I, I, I get it. It's, it's more. It's, it's much more than maybe what you signed up for, than just sharing the good news and, and getting people to know Christ. That's amazing. That's part of this too. But to live every moment and replace your will and your desires for your life with God's will and God's desire for our lives. To pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. My question for you this morning is when you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done 
on earth as is in heaven. Do you mean it? Do you mean it? Do you want God's will to be part of your life? Do you want heaven to come through you? Do you want earth to be like heaven in all your relationships, and all your friendships, in all of your experiences? Because that's what we're praying. That's why this is so powerful, is we want God to invade every single sphere of our life. And we can't help but change to transform and be the people that God has called us to be. So may you be people who invite God to be a part of your life. May you be the type of person who's inspired by God's love for you to love your neighbor and to bring a pocket of heaven everywhere you go. And may you be a person that when you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, you truly mean it. And you bring heaven to earth in everything you do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.